All right, all right, all right. This is Buckets and Beyond, your friendly neighborhood Mavs podcast. I'm your host, Ben Seibel, and as always, I'm joined by the, <laughs> my uh, co-host, Jay Bonnie, a.k.a. Bonnie in the Building, a.k.a. Binge Mode Bonnie. <laughs> and he just bowed like a sensei just now for those listeners out there. And I'm also joined by the illustrious goon, Andrew Bennett. Glad to be here. <laughs> so we are back at it, trying to contain our excitement for possibly one of the biggest weeks in the NBA in 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 more in recent memory. With all that's happened in COVID and you know the season thankfully finished, but now we're heading into the stretch for the 2020-21 uh, season. So a lot is going to happen this week. We're going to try to preview uh, who the Mavericks should draft. Um, and uh, just as a recap, recording on uh, November 14th. So on Monday is when the NBA can start uh, accepting trades. And on Wednesday is when we have the NBA draft, uh, the 18th. And then, oh, excuse me. So there's going to be a lot of player movement. There's going to be a lot of players joining new teams. Um, we as Mavs fans anticipate us to get act, us to be active on the free agency trading and draft fronts. So um, without further ado, I just want to hand it off to my uh, my draft expert, uh, the illustrious goon, and uh, <laughs> Jay Bonney. I will say, in my history of knowing Andrew, he has insisted that we focus on the draft for the longest time. And I would always be like, no, dude, we need to get a big free agent. That would be a consistent conversation we would have every offseason. And, of course, we would whiff or we would whiff on free agency, shockingly. We would consistently would whiff on both. <laughs> we would consistently whiff when it came to free agents. <laughs> and, and, it would, and every year it would reinforce our own biases because – you would be like, look, we've drafted all these bums the last like six or seven years. Like we've drafted, I mean, none of these guys have panned out. The last person we drafted well was like Josh Howard or uh, Devin Harris or something. Marquise Daniels, you know, Uh, the only guys that have turned into role players, Uh, which before Luca, the last guy that we drafted that probably panned out was Jay Crowder. Uh, and he didn't really pan out with uh, us. Uh, we've shipped him away. He panned out with like half of the other teams on in the league. It's yeah. Like, it's um, yeah. Uh, so every year it's been. This is this is one of the few years I think Ben where we may um, switch roles here. Because um, I'll start off our you know start off our draft conversation today saying I don't think anyone we draft on draft night is going to be a Maverick for long. Um, I think I I see, I see two scenarios playing out here. Either we package the picks to get an established player or we package the picks to move up in the draft uh, to try and get somebody that's more of a sure, more of a sure thing. Um, Cause yeah, for, for, for those out there, we have the 18th and the 31st pick in the 2020 draft. Yes. Uh, 
because I, I've looked at a lot of kind of the projections, you know, there are 15 million different mock drafts that people have out. And you see a lot of, I mean, you see a lot of players at the 18 that are, are essentially like they are, they are like, they're not lottery picks, but they're essentially like you're, you're playing the lottery uh, a lot of times, or it feels from what I'm seeing from uh, you've got at, at least at the 18th pick, there's um, there's Elijah Hughes, who's shooting guard out of Syracuse. Um, you've got I've seen several several people talking about Alexei uh, Pokusevsky, um, another Euro, which like you know that would really brand the Mavericks as like you know every European player like come here like we're essentially a, a training ground for all Euros. Uh, uh, but I, I feel like I've seen um, Jalen Smith talked about. I mean, everyone at the 18 feels like guys that we have drafted in the past, which have either turned into potentially a Jay Crowder or have not panned out at all, have become D-League sort of players. Um, that's 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 what my the sense I'm getting from some of the guys that may be available at, at the 18th spot. Um, I don't know, Jay, you may – feel differently about some of these guys. I think best case scenario for the Mavericks is we package him and jump up to try and get somebody like RJ Hampton or get somebody that's more of a proven quantity uh, either at the, and can, and can essentially like produce day one. Uh, the Ma- I don't think the Mavericks are looking to develop someone into like, we have, we have Luca, we have KP we're in like the window is wide open and everything that we've seen from Mark Cuban and Donnie and, and, and Brad Towns and just the coverage of the maps is like, it is a win now environment. Like the, like we are on the threshold and I don't think we're going to be drafting somebody who uh, might take a year or might take two or three years to fully kind of grow into that guy. Uh, somebody like RJ Hampton could like show up. And I think any of these guys showing up with Luca and KP on the floor, like, are going to be able to produce. Uh, so um, I actually, I actually am leaning more again, we're kind of threading the needle here between like draft, draft, draft and free agency, free agency. And we're like, no, 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 trade your draft picks, trade all the draft picks, uh, which has worked out for us uh, recent in recent memory. Um, so uh, that's, that's, that's the way that's my sense going into again, I'm just a guy. Uh, Jay, I, I don't know what you're thinking when it comes to the draft, if there's anybody that you especially like. Um, yeah, I hear you. I, um, I actually, I don't know. I've been looking at a lot of guys. I've been watching film. I've been looking at the numbers, man, of certain players that, that have been projected to be in our, just in our vicinity. Um, I'm kind of with you, though. I sort of think that this is going to be a thing where these picks are so valuable to us and when we're so ready to win now that we're willing to gamble them away for either a higher pick or for a, or a, for a free agent. I feel like at the end of the day, that that could be where this ends up going. Um, and we've heard the rumors too, that, that the Mavericks are, you know, shopping that around, you know, looking for options for that, for that pick, you know, trading up or whatever. So, I mean, all this research might be for nothing, but there are a few guys that are in our range that I do like um, that my top two that I think that we could use with the 18th pick. If we stick with that pick, are Desmond Bain and Cole Anthony. 
Those are okay. my two favorites right now. And um, and really, it, RJ Hampton too. If, if he's available, I know um, I saw him at at eleventh. Um, I think that's the highest I've seen him. Just kind yeah. of scanning the boards. So I've seen him at fourteenth. I've seen him at like sixteenth. Yeah. Um, so I mean, a little bit earlier than us, but he's got similar skill set to Desmond Bain. Both of those players are snipers, great um, three point shooters. Also helpful on defense too. Like their rebounding is a little bit better than it should be for like where they are size wise and things. Yeah. They're both kind of mid-sized guards. So um, I like both of them. Um, Cole Anthony, Cole Anthony is so interesting to me because I mean, as I'm sure y'all know, he was a highly recruited player coming out of high school and he was, he's kind of got a lot of hype in him. Um, he was the second in his class going into college, like second highest recruited player going into college. So I don't know. To me, I, I hear that and just like the simplicity of my mind is sort of like, okay, well, he was the second best in high school and now he's, I'm seeing he's like the 20th best. I'm seeing he's like the 24th best and whatever going into the next level after that, you know, it kind of, um, there seems to be a disconnect with Cole Anthony. He's another guard, maybe not mid, mid size. I guess he's sort of on the smaller side. He's a six, three, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and what's interesting about him and he's been moving up in the last week, but, but he was projected to be in the twenties in, in the late teens for the longest. Uh, I think people are kind of waking up and, 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 you know, the recency bias of his sort of weak North Carolina season are kind of wearing off. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I, I feel like there's a chance he might get picked earlier, but I think if he's available, we should go pick him because he's, he's a monster on defense and he's a monster on offense. Like he's a sniper. He, he could shoot the ball really well. Catch and shoot numbers are off the charts. I think he was shooting 42% catch and shoot. Um, defense, his defensive numbers are better than Sadiq Bays, who's got, who's people are really high on him for the Mavericks who I like him as well, but I don't think he's, I don't think he could play defense. I like just watching him play, looking at his numbers. He doesn't impress me defensively. The two guys I picked, Desmond Bain and Cole Anthony, they both play deep defense and rebound at a higher rate than Sadiq Bay does, and he's got several inches on him. Yeah. So, I mean, um, that's pretty much where I'm at. Those are my two guys. Um, as far as, like, drafting strategy, mm -hmm. I sort of think mm -hmm. that we need to pick the best player available. I don't care what position he plays because there's a chance that he might be great. And, um, and especially yeah. in a draft like this, we didn't get a March Madness. There's not a lot of consensus going on here. Mm -hmm. I, I'm seeing a lot of criticisms of Lonzo, not Lonzo Ball, <laughs> Mello Ball. Mello. Seeing a lot of all the Ball brothers, man. Like, well, why do they have to name them all like this? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you know, seeing criticism of the um, of Danny Danny Alva, the, the Israeli guy. I, I, I can't. I, Keep forgetting what his last name is. Oh man, I know who you're talking Any about. Any Avija, uh, uh, yeah, Avdija, Avija. Yeah, Avija. Yeah, oh. we'll figure Avijay. out once we get drafted. Avici. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I've um, seen a lot of criticisms on the first few guys, and 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 um, just a draft like this, you know, someone's gonna be good because it's the NBA draft. There's gonna be some like some people who slip through the cracks. There's you know there might be a Hall of Famer in here somewhere. Like there might be someone we we aren't seeing coming. Like there's magic in the draft. So like, yeah, I don't know. To me, it's um, we should just get whoever we think is going to be the best, no matter what they are, because we might be picking up a goat with with the 18th pick, with a with a 12th pick. We might be picking up a goat. We might be picking up somebody who's a monster. Maybe not exactly perfect for the team, but 
if if we do find a guy that could that could produce right off the bat, and there's a there's a, a chance that that could happen, mm-hmm. I yeah. I'd almost say good chance. I actually like a lot of the guys that I'm seeing on the board, even though there's a lot of um, yeah. you know questions. Yeah. Desmond um, Bain just hit like 43 threes in a row in like a like a practice. Like oh, yeah, I saw a clip really? of that. Yeah, yeah, I saw it on Twitter. People, people are high um, on him. And wow. right now, so just looking at the Ringers mock draft for Bain, they have him draft 30 uh, for the like by the Celtics. There's there's possibility that the Celtics might move those picks because um, they have like three, uh, some, some a ridiculous amount of picks. Like, you know, yeah. like typical Celtics to have like a bunch of picks stashed away. Um, but he's a t- he went to TCU. He's six six, and I think like as far as like if the if the Mavericks are looking for a type, if they're looking for a certain player, they're looking for someone who's like a wing, An athletic so wing, that's like a two three two three, you know, in that range. Somebody who can defend really well, like defend guards. Who you know in the West, there's like a plethora of guards who just blow by our defenders, and then also like three point shooting is like paramount. Um, obviously like, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot more shooters than there are defenders in this draft, but it's just sifting through like the right ones that are like really good at catch and shoot. Like, you know, um, who are good shooting off the ball. Like Desmond Bain is, is a good shooter. Um, and then what, what I'm afraid of is like the shooters that we really want the, the Aaron Neesmiths of the world, like they're going to be higher. They're going to be plucked like three or four picks above us um, is what is that's what all these projections are saying. Um, but yeah, I, I think like that's it, like if the Mavs are considering the draft, they're, they're like, hey, we want we want good defenders, but we also want good shooters at the wing position, like ready to go. Um, and I think they're they've shown a history of picking up players that have that are maybe like a little bit older um, as a, as college athletes just because yeah. they're more mature yeah. and more like, you know, they're, it, it's easier to bring them along into our culture, like the Jalen Brunsons of the world. Um, and I think uh, more like if we do draft, I feel like it's what we end up doing. Yeah. I, I forgot to mention one guy that I do kind of like Josh Green out of Arizona um, fits, fits that three and D mode uh, that kind of mold exactly six, six, um, so it can fit into the guard or the shooting guard or a uh, small forward role. And I, I think the name of the game draft trade free agent, otherwise is, are we increasing the overall talent level of the Mavericks, which unfortunately, like, you know, sad to say means are these guys better replacements for Dorian Finney Smith, Maxi Kleba, uh, DeLon Wright, Justin Jackson, are these guys, more talented and can they produce at a higher level, more efficient level and just increase the talent level of the Mavericks overall. And are you going to get that by picking up two potentially NBA ready guys at 18 and 31, or are you going to package those to pick up somebody that you know is NBA ready, like Dennis Schroeder, uh, Zach Levine, you know, any number of, uh, essentially, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you guys, you guys are on Twitter as much as I am. Uh, it's it's becoming kind of a joke to me how often the Mavericks are included in like conversations about players. Like essentially, 
It's being reported that the Mavericks have interest in literally every single player in the NBA. <laughs> like Mavericks, like just, just looking at it earlier today, like we talked about Dennis Schroeder, uh, Drew Holiday last week, Zach Levine, Buddy Heald, Victor Oladipo. Like if you've got a guard, if you've got like a guard that can create off the dribble and they can play some solid defense, chances are the Mavericks are like giving you a ring. Uh, or I've noticed that same thing. I've noticed that same thing, but I've chalked it up to just like social media echo chamberism. Like, yeah, I've chalked it yeah. up. To, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just looking at this too often because like people are just throwing things at me now. <laughs> <laughs> but it is interesting. I mean, we have so many. You know, we have a lot of places we could go. You know, it, it might not be cap. It might be real. We might yeah. really just be shopping for everybody. <laughs> I, I think. Uh, I don't know. I think when when I hear all that. I'm just like, I just want the answer to this speculation. Like, I don't want to like hear about all these other options that may or may not happen. You know what I'm saying? Cause like after a certain point, people are just like throwing out nonsense. Like, oh yeah, we can, we can package like Justin Jackson and, and Dorian Finney-Smith and uh, like our 18 to get Zach Levine. I'm like, no, no, you can't. Like he's a 25 year old who's like one of the top scorers in the league and like super athletic you're gonna you're gonna need a lot of salary to match to what he has plus he's got so much potential like let's stop with the nonsense let's just like be real with and it and it seems like the trade machine makes things worse because then they just like keep throwing things into the machine until it like gives them the result they yeah. want yeah. And it's like yeah maybe it fits the machine but that would never ever happen like ever but that okay so that's uh... I agree with you, Ben. Like people are people are throwing stuff at a wall just to be like, what can what can the Mavericks get? But this is new, this is new territory for us as Mavs fans and for I feel like the Mavericks organization, where we are for the first time in a long time, a coveted free agent destination with a young star in Luca, a young all-star, like center power forward in in KP, where like the like essentially like the possibilities five ten years ago were like we either get Darren Williams or we get Dwight Howard. It's these two options. It's th- this is this is the play, or it's we either get uh uh, uh White side. De- yeah, Michael we either Conley. get DeAndre Jordan or we or we get Chris Paul. Like it's these are the options. Like this is what's happening. Like we got to go all in. And straight now we're in this sudden position. It's kind of the catbird seat kind of. I don't envy Donnie Nelson. I'm. I would be paralyzed by this many decisions in front of me uh, where like you have the assets, you potentially have the money. Like if you really wanted to sell the farm, you could, I think you could get, uh, you might have to, you know, you're going to lose some stuff that you might not okay. like to lose. But the, That's another the, thing. the possibilities are a lot of, Yeah. So do you got, okay. So we've kind of gone through this. We've had a free agency pod. We've had a, uh, trade pod and we've had a this is this is our our draft pod we've kind of like looked at it from every different angle and how we can you know um you know build our team and, and and grow if you had to guess how this goes down like draft night and kind of like what what do you guys think end up ends up happening because like if i if i'm think, like the way i'm looking at it as much as like people have like saying like, like, Oh, we have these great assets. Like, Oh, we have this, like we have that. I'm not sure. 
the rest of the league thinks we have great assets. I think we have like this tunnel vision of like looking at like, oh, Maxi Kleba, oh, Dorian Finney Smith, oh my gosh, like Charlie Brunson, like Jalen Brunson came off an injury, Dwight Powell came off an injury. Like, like those are two guys I think that would have higher value, but because they're coming off an injury and like, uh, like Maxi and, and Dorian, like if you look outside the league, I don't think they see like, oh yeah, like th- those are my type. Like I really want to get those dudes, you know. And yeah, then, like, no one, I'm, no one is, no one is looking to trade with us to become a championship caliber team immediately. They are trading with us because they're preparing to tank and rebuild. Like, let, let's be perfectly clear here. Right. Yeah. So I guess the, that's kind of what I'm thinking. So like, if we're more than likely, we're going to be trading with teams that are worse than us i.e. higher up in the draft right um so i think in a best case scenario we take off one of their good players i.e. dennis schroeder um with uh with a thunder in exchange for our 18 and 31 they're probably the most obvious rebuilding team when you know right now um so maybe they need that 18 and 31 to add you know to their to, to their roster or like add more talent to their roster as they try to figure out who they are um, but I'm afraid my worst, I think, I don't know if you can say this worst scenario, our worst scenario might be like, Hey, like we tried to, we tried to offer all these trades and all these players and DeLon Wright and, and, you know, Dorian Fee Smith, whoever seems like, nah, like I'm okay. Like I, like I'd, I'd rather stick where I am and we're stuck with 18 and it, you know, by then our guys are gone. I don't know. That's kind of, maybe I'm just. I feel you. I think I think that is going to go kind of like the way your first scenario went, where we we package those up and we use them to get somebody else. Um, I would rather us just draft somebody, just because if we if we do strike gold, we get somebody good. It's gonna, they're going to be cheap for a while. It's mm-hmm. not going to be something. It's not going to be something we gave away for like all this money that is now piling up on us. You know, it's, it won't be you know going towards a contract. That's ridiculous. You know, it, it, I think drafting is the safe choice, is the safe route. And um, really, I mean, okay. Last year, we, yeah, like honestly, like it, it's. It, I, I think I that's the, a bit I unorthodox, have, though. I think for, it's the kind fir- of crazy. for the first time in a long time, I view this draft, the draft, as the more dangerous choice. Really, it's the riskier choice. Yeah, but continue. I think. I think maybe it feels like. I think maybe it just feels like that because college basketball was so underwhelming, and there was no March Madness. Like. Um, I think I think it and COVID. I think you got to factor in just the world's been so crazy, and on top of that, bas- college basketball is already kind of like I don't know about y'all. I don't keep up with college basketball that much. It's already kind of just a thing that's there in the back of you, know? and now it's even more so a thing that's further in the distance. Um, that being said, I'm looking forward to watching it again because I miss it now. <laughs> but but <laughs> you know, um, I think I think we don't. I think we just don't know. And and with the how the draft is, there's always there's always somebody raw at least somewhere, and 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 a lot of times it's somebody that, that people just like are sleep on. So I mean, and and you talk about how it's how is this going to add overall value to our team if we get a rookie and they're and they're making like, I mean like how many players are making more money than Luca is making? I mean you know like if if we have a, a somebody who's raw and they're cheap. And we get, you know, we still have room to add more outside of that. And when our team was statistically the most, uh, were we, we were the most efficient offense last season, I, mm-hmm. I think in the entire history of the league. Yep. And so, 
yeah, with most efficient offense, we could just draft a defensive guy, somebody we could, we could kind of, we have, we have room to mess up the pick or, you know, we have room to just kind of pick a safe guy or pick somebody who's a little more experienced, you know, I guess Desmond Bain, someone's got a few years in college that we could pick up, um, you know, I think that that might be the move right now, but, but, you know, I, I, I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think they're going to go with, you know, these picks are so valuable to these other teams. They're yeah. gonna, probably going to pick and, you know, package them up and try to move up or something. Yeah. I wonder if like, we are kind of, we've, we've reached a point where we're going to be kind of trapped by our own expectations and by our own, like, and essentially trapped by Luca's greatness. And, and, and I say trapped in a sense of like, we are going to go one route because that is what is expected of a team. Like, sure. This is the way, uh, because we, we see Luca, we see KP and we're like, and we, and we see this window, which like this, this can potentially be a seven, eight, nine year long window, open window. So like immediately trying to like swing for the fences to get Zach Levine, which would be a great get or get a, um drew how or get that like that third star is is an entry is like is the sexy option that's like that's like dude we go here it's like western conference finals for sure that's that's where people's mind jumps like we're gonna we're gonna get that free agent we're gonna reel in that quote-unquote big fish either with through the trade or through the draft but i also could see like and this is and this is me reverting back to like my like let's develop let's grow through the draft this is my mindset of if if we take if we if nothing pans out trade wise and we're left we're left holding the bag with the 18th and the 31st pick which is a good problem to have like you're left is like oh no we got two first round draft picks oh, like woe is us like essentially we have the opportunity to replace Justin Jackson and Delon Wright or replace their production replace jj Barea's production potentially or or even somebody like dodo or maxi like we can replace their production with somebody through the draft who may exceed their talent level in their production so essentially we're going to upgrade at the very least through the draft we're going to upgrade the bottom end of our bench or it gives us it just it gives us immense flexibility for when the trade deadline rolls around and say we do want to ship out Dodo and Maxi, and you know, or package some other some other players to try and reel in. So I mean, it just the possibilities are endless. It's kind of maddening to think about. Uh, it's it's very stressful. It makes yeah. me very anxious. Uh, I don't, and we've we've never we've also never had because of the pandemic we've never had this kind of shortened timeline. Like they're yeah. going to start. They're going to start in one week. They're, they're going to report like meaningful basketball is going to be played in about a month a month and a half like december 22nd is the beginning of the season and so we have like we have draft free agency like like all of it uh like god bless it it's gonna be wild it's crazy it's crazy (laughs) and and this is uh this is like the appetizer like to the to the big feast of our uh upcoming regular season and i think like we're you know, we don't know what our plate's going to look like, whether it's going to be, you know, a big fish or whether we're going to have little, you know, new Mavs coming along. Um, I don't know. This, this metaphor got out of hand. Um, anyway, <laughs> I think like, uh, man, what was I say? 
it's like like if I think one way that we like of the people that I see like that we're projected to get or projected to draft, like you said, Josh Green sounds good because his defense and his three point shooting, you know, three point shooting can be even you know developed more on the NBA level with the Mavs. They've proven they've done that with a lot of players. But man, if we like, let's say we get Josh Green and and uh, and, and Bain. Bain, like that would be great. Let's see if we find a way to get like would. I feel like I'd I'd feel pretty happy about that because we got young, like three point shooters, and then uh, you know six six, not like you know the six foot guard nonsense. Like they fit He's our not, We're not drafting way. Shane Larkin anymore. We're not drafting the five <laughs> foot eleven guard anymore, or not even five eleven. Oh, I think he was like five ten. We're it's not happening. No, I, we're getting I, some I think, real think, NBA caliber talent. Y'all are making me feel better about it. Like I feel like it could it could sound it sounds better now that I've I've, I've had this group therapy session on, on what could could maybe Ben might Ben happen. you want um, you want some real therapy whew. before before we wrap up but before we wrap up NBA discussion you want some real some real like soup oh, for, I already know chicken noodle soup this. for the soul y'all oh, watching watching the Houston Rockets absolutely implode is is giving me so much life just it like again the the paul george clippers nonsense like just just like uh the 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 schadenfreude the just je ne sais quoi of like watching someone else's suffering i I need to point this out because i need to put this on the social media but there's this clip of like a a donald glover stand-up special where he's like talking to his cousin that like hurt him a long time ago and then like his cousin's like yeah man like like I got a like I got a kid like I don't know what to do and then like the next clip is Donald Glover like good I'm glad you're in a dilemma or like it just goes into this like super petty like the most petty thing you could do like anytime like like anything with the Clippers or the Rockets like you know their whole franchise in flames or whatever I'm like good I'm glad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Keep it coming. So, and, and this is, this is the other thing that's wild to me about this whole thing. Um, like what, like James Harden is a, is a two time. I mean, he's an MVP player. Russell Westbrook is an MVP caliber player. Paul George at one point, like last year was, he was like third or fourth in MVP voting. And these guys, because and maybe like we're we're blowing the narrative out of proportion, and we're not viewing these guys accurately. But like, if it, I, I view a trade like any trade that sends Russell Westbrook to a team is like is cursing that team. That's how I view it. It's like who do you who do you want to see suffer in in the league? It's like yeah, send him to the Knicks. Send him to the Knicks. That would be hilarious. Send him, send him to Sacramento. That would be hilarious. Send well, him back to starting, Oklahoma City. That would be hilarious. People are starting to tell, like, they're starting to realize that James Harden has more to do with it than originally thought. People thought, like, oh, Chris Paul came in, like, being all mean, like, pushing him around, trying to implement his style on the team. And that's why they got, you know, they clashed, and that's why they sent him out. Um, but I, I feel like that it goes back to that quote. I feel like a lot of people keep bringing up it's something that Kobe said, like, in talking about James Harden, like, you can't win like that. Like, you can't win a championship with just one guy shooting, like, stupid amount of shots. 
Now that came from they a guy. Came close. That, they came close. They came close, but like, um, I think when you see all those quotes from his teammates, the Daniel Houses, the Austin Rivers, and the other people. My dog's barking. My bark, my dog has a lot to say about this. So. Um, He's trash. <laughs> He's trash. Extra garbage. No. Uh, Trade the whole like, team. Blow it up. Blow it up, Daryl Morey. Send him to the Rams. Send him to the Uh, thank you, thank you, Milo, for your your thoughtful input. Um, but I just uh, like when your teammates are talking about you like that to a reporter that they know is going to release a story related to you know, like it seems like they think of him like, yeah, the only reason I get the ball is because he was like he couldn't shoot. You know what I'm saying? Like they 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 feel like they're like it's James Harden and the Harden Nets. Like, we're just here to get your rebounds and, like, make sure you get the ball where you need it. And, like, it, I feel like that's kind of what it's come come to is they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm tired of, it, of him. Yeah. And that's not, and that's not necessarily mm-hmm. bad if you're winning or if you're winning championships. Like, like for a lot of years with Michael Jordan or with Kobe, like, it was like, yeah, you guys are around me to like play defense, rebound, score when I need you to, but like get me the ball. Like, and, and it's fine if you're winning championships, but if you're getting bounced in the first round or the second round, or you can't get over the hump, then yeah, it becomes, it becomes a problem. Uh, And again, and I, and I think, I think this is, this is more, yeah, this is, I think this is, I think James Harden comes out of this looking, I I don't know how he comes out looking from this whole story. Cause like Russell Westbrook is, I think the problem child in this scenario, but before that it was Dwight Howard was the problem child. And before that, like Chris Paul was, was the guy that wasn't working. So at a certain oh, point, I totally forgot about Dwight Howard. This uh, is a, it's a science experiment. With too many, too many like experimental variables. I think, I don't think we have a clear vision of who's doing, who's like too inefficient for their own good. Cause I think both of them are, I don't know if either of them are really champions, you know, like, both of them might be just butting their heads in the brick walls the whole time they're over there. Well, and I could see either of them being champions on, on, on separate teams. Like I could, I could see, I could see either of those guys potentially getting a team to an NBA finals, but not with each other. Like, like, I don't really like, okay. Like do you really think that trading James Harden, let's say a lot of people say, let's trade him for Ben Simmons and Philly. Do you think that James Harden shows up to Philly and is like a model teammate and is like all of a sudden a great guy? And I don't know if, if that fixes it, you know? I think – I don't know. I he might like not he, be a model teammate in the way that you or I look at a model teammate. Uh, I think, one, he benefits from being in the East. And I think, two, he benefits from being uh, – having a legitimate, like – star level talent and Joel Embiid who doesn't need the ball in his hands all the time. Like, I think, I think, I I think, I think it, it is, again, it's a marginal offense was it's a marginal. Like, like Like, look at it this way in Houston, they're going to keep getting bounced in the first or the second round. If he's in Philly, I think, I think with Joel Embiid, and again, this is a like, we don't know what the rest of the makeup of the lineup would look like. It doesn't make you automatically a championship caliber team far from it, but I think it makes you a better team than the Rockets. 
Like, I think, I think that's a better situation than where the Rockets currently are, where it's like, all it's right. It's a better situation, but I think, like, the reason why they fed Joel Embiid so much is because Ben Simmons could, couldn't shoot or, like, you know, that, like that wasn't a part of his game, so they would force feed him a lot. So if somebody that can shoot really well, James Harden is a great scorer. Like no one's taking away that from him. Like, how does that work when honestly, I think they both need to the ball to do their thing. But I don't know if that I think, like how I that think would Embiid, play out. I think Embiid took I think Harden would take a lot of pressure off Embiid. And Embiid also I feel like took a lot of bad shots, took probably more shots than he should have, <clears> you know, like I think I think it would be an improvement for them. I th- I, and even for Embiid's psyche, man, like having another star there to like to bounce off of, because I don't know like, if Embiid's I don't know if Embiid's a champion. I don't know if Embiid can do it on his own either. He might need another. He's, he's young he too, need, though. Exactly. He's yeah. yeah, another yeah. Do you, Essentially, you have two guys, two guys who shoot too many shots. If we put them together, does that take enough pressure off both of them where they're shooting the right number of shots? Stay tuned. Or they all, the all, I know, all I know is yeah. the Rockets are trash. Blow it all up. They're trash. Again, like I we're tickling like, still. I, the, the, the stressed out Mavs fan in me is like, I don't know how much of this is like media conjecture. Like a lot of these rumors get out like blown out of proportion. And like, you know, I don't I don't believe it until one of them gets traded. That's when I know, okay, it was true. Like, you know, like does that make sense? Like I like it, it seems Oh, like if Harden goes to um, the 76ers, it, it might not be shenanigans either because because the uh, Maury just got uh, he he gets signed with the 76ers. Yeah. So it might be like at that point, it might not even be like a thing where they're button heads. It might be a thing where I just wanted my guy back. I feel like Daryl Morey like life. picks up the phone. It's like, hey, James, I miss you. Want to get traded over here? <laughs> yeah, and Harden's. <laughs> Yeah, and twirling the cable <laughs> at, on the other line, yeah, 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 I, it might be. I, I I think like the this upcoming week, I I feel like that might be as like you know a big part of the rumors and, and everything. But there's so many other other things that that could go down. Like it's our next pod is going to be crazy, just trying to like fit it all into one. I feel like so. Mavericks get James Harden. <laughs> We gave up everything. We gave up the American Airlines Center. <laughs> we gave up. Like that's what the funny part home, about this Jay. is. Is like home, Jay. Put these down. MVP, these dudes who Put like win the MVPs, Hennessy. they they struck. They, they like structure their contract, structure their contracts to be so, especially Westbrook. But their contracts are so massive. Like it's like a. It's not an e- it's not super easy to trade them. It's an albatross. You, like you are you are essentially yeah. You're, you're tying an anchor around the neck of whatever team they're on. Like the team is is stuck with with what they get, and, and which is why like uh, which is why I find it hilarious when there's talks of like you know the Clippers trying to trade trade Paul George after they gave up six players to get him or or. You know, the Rockets looking to move on from Russell Westbrook when they, you know, he's owed like 35, 40 million a year. Anything's like it's just, possible, man. It's it's hilarious. Go for James Harden. No. Get that <laughs> blasphemy out of your mouth. Take it back. <laughs> just jokes, just jokes, folks. I'm just I would never just guys, <laughs> enjoy 
enjoy being fans of a well-run franchise like oh, that's like that Mavericks fans like you are in good hands you have a a hall of fame caliber coach you have a great owner and you have a great gm and donnie nelson who ain't going nowhere and young talent galore like enjoy it and and enjoy the best it. Mavericks podcast following you guys everywhere you go so that's true got that's you us. yeah locked down Oh, that last last thing I wanted to say about uh, our our team is if we'll, we'll see what the proposed schedule is, but apparently um, the Mavericks would be playing everybody in the Southwest Division eight times as opposed to their normal four times during limit eighty-two travel. game. Yeah, it's limit travel to keep a lot of uh, the teams like in a, in a certain section of the country together. And I think some of those would be like in series, like three games in a row, four games in a row, whatever. But like, let's just do a quick uh, look through around the division, shall we? San Antonio Spurs are decrepit, old, injured. Okay. Pop is probably on his way out. Um, and more than likely, DeMar and Lamarcus are about to get traded. If I had to guess, one of or both are traded this week. Uh, Pelicans are super young but they really don't have a lot what it takes. They, they could have proven themselves and uh, played their way into the playoffs, but they clearly don't have what it takes right now. Um, the Memphis Grizzlies are up and coming for sure, but again, a lot of young pieces, they're not, you know. Is, is Jaron Jackson going to be healthy? Yeah, Jaron Jackson and his health and all that. Uh, and then the Houston Rockets, the dumpster fire that we've been witnessing this past week. Man, if, if it actually goes down in flames, then it's like we are probably the only like the We're only the big dog. Team? We're the big dog in the division. Right. Oh yeah. Like, I mean I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Yep. Like we, it's time to feast. Nom, 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 it's nom, time nom. to feast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. Gonna, gonna I don't need, I don't even I don't even care what? who we get in the draft. I don't even care who we trade for <laughs> now. Like it doesn't matter. It's over. It's over. It's over. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I, I'm excited just on that aspect of it because I feel like for a while when we were in the, the late Dirk years and like, you know, before we got Luca, there was definitely, I feel like, you know, we got beat up by, by those teams a lot. So now it's going to be nice to dish out the beatdowns. Yeah. Looking um, forward to it. Looking forward to it. Well, that's all we have on the NBA uh, today. The This upcoming week is going to be super crazy. We're going to be sending out a lot of posts and tweets and, and try to keep everybody updated. In order to follow us, uh, check us out on Instagram, at Buckets and Beyond, and on Twitter, at Buckets Beyond. Um, we've been Buckets and Beyond. Thank you for checking us out for all of your Mavericks and pop culture content. This has been Ben Seibel. We out of here. Peace out. Adios. May the force be with you.